Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. It's the queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. That is so fetch. Gretchen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. All right, we got Julio Diaz, the host of the Pensacola Movie Club and also the host of Let's Go Pensacola. Heard at 4 o'clock here Saturday is on News Radio 92.3. And all I want to know about Mean Girls is did fetch happen? Julio, how was it, sir? Welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Good morning. Uh, I mean, it depends on within, within the story of the movie, did fetch happen? Yeah. As a quality of the film itself did such happen oh man i mean it's it, uh, let me let me back up a little bit here this is not a bad movie uh okay this, i you know it, it's fun it's worth seeing it's just not as good as the original okay uh you know, i mean you know and uh, granted you know we've had you know what is it more than 10 years now since the original came out. To, By know, the way, I don't think we for, mentioned for, it, but Mean Girls is what we're talking about, for those who don't know. Yeah. Sorry about that. Go mean, ahead, Julio. Mean, mean Girls was a movie. Originally, you know, originally a straight-ahead movie starring uh, Lindsay Lohan and uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, written by Tina Fey, uh, then turned into a Broadway musical, and now the Broadway musical has turned into a movie, also written by Tina Fey. <laughs> who's back playing the same playing the same teacher she played in the original? Nice. Uh, Tim Meadows is back playing the principal from the uh, the first one, and they are the only people playing the same roles they played in the original film. Uh, we do get a little cameo from Lindsay Lohan too, which is which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but but otherwise, all new cast led by Angori Rice is playing the uh, Katie Heron role, the role that Lindsay Lohan played in the original, and Renee Rapp, who was just announced as one of the. Uh, the top acts of the Hangout Music Festival in, in May is playing Regina George in the She also played Regina oh, George nice. on Broadway. All right. Yeah, uh, this is a musical, as I said. Uh, some of the songs are pretty good. Some of the songs are just kind of okay. Uh, they, they, they have some fun with some things, uh, referencing back to the original movie. They have some fun with uh, with a few other things, uh, some pop culture things that have come up in the time period, you know, time since. And the, I think the best thing in terms of making this for a more modern audience is, you know, it does play into the whole social media, TikTok generation, uh, that, of course, the previous film was made before all that stuff existed. Okay. And you liked so, that, uh, you, you liked that it just wasn't the, like, Grand Slam version of Mean yeah, Girls that you had been maybe yeah, anticipating. You know, it's running 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think okay, that's right that's around good. the right place to put it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, if, if, you, if you're a fan of the material, you should go see it. You're not a fan of this kind of movie. You don't like musicals. You're not going to buy into it. Perfect. I will definitely be watching it then. The Beekeeper, starring Jason Statham, because nothing says Jason Statham better than The Beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, the the title of this is kind of ridiculous, but within the within the course of this movie, the Beekeepers are supposed to be this like clandestine black ops top level like uh, intelligence enforcement group within the within the government. So he's you totally know, out of character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, 
this is a totally retro action movie with Jason Statham, which is, you know, all the same thing you could say about basically most of the movies that Jason Statham makes. You know, right. They're, they're kind of throwbacks to the uh, kind of movies that Arnold and Stallone and... and uh, if you like Liam Neeson, but you can't there. afford him, here's Jason Statham. Okay, no, I... <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think we've gone the other way at this Oh, point. it might be. Jason yeah, Statham no, you're right. You might be right about that. Before. So is it good if you like that kind of movie, if you like big, dumb action? Uh, again, getting uh, about the same reviews as Mean Girls, running around 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, right. yeah, if you like that kind of thing, it might be for you. The Book of Clarence? Yeah, this is a satirical film starring Lakeith Stanfield, who I think is a, just a great underrated actor. You saw him in um, in uh, things like Knives Out and a movie I really loved him in was Sorry to Bother You, which I know not a lot of people have seen, but people should see. Uh, this he this is set in biblical times. He is a uh, something of a hustler trying to make his way, and he sees the rise of the Messiah and decides. I want me a piece of that. He sets himself up as the 13th apostle. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it is, it is a satirical comedy, but he, uh, there is also a, you know, element of this to where he sees that might, you know, enlightenment might be the way for him. So okay. I, I think, I think it is, you know, irreverent, but also reverent at the same time. Okay. According, to, according to the reviews of the radio. So unlike the life of Brian, which is just plain irreverent, it's <laughs> it's got a little bit of right. reverence and it's irreverence. Okay, I, I like that. Right, right. I'm I'm, I'm and in. And then uh, running around the same reviews level on this as well. Seventy seventy. Oh, that's good. I think is where we're at on Rotten Tomatoes. So unusually good for the first week in January. It really is. Yeah, three seventies. What about Memory? How's that one doing? This is actually the best reviewed movie of the week. This is running in the in the low eighties on Rotten. Oh wow! The stars are. Jessica Chastain and uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, they uh, they play people who she is very fastidious and organized, and she's 13 years sober, and she's very you know, focused on everything. Uh, she gets uh, talked into going to a high school reunion, and this guy follows her home for a reunion, uh, and he has a form of dementia that uh, he. You know, she remembers everything, and he remembers nothing. <laughs> okay. And so it's it's a kind of a romantic drama between the two of them. She's kind okay. of a caretaker, but they also fall in love. Uh, and uh, you know, get, mainly for the performances of the two leads, is getting uh, pretty good reviews. Well, they're both fantastic. What are you guys going to watch next week? Uh, we've got a few things coming out next week. We're kind of waiting. We're still holding on, hoping that poor things or American fiction are going to open here. Some of these. Uh, uh, movies that are you know going to be on the Academy Awards list in a couple of weeks right. when those uh, nominations come out in a couple of weeks. But uh, there's also ISS is opening next week. The uh, the uh, the uh, thriller that's set on the International Space Station. A couple other things coming out next week. So as soon as we make a decision, it'll be up in the Facebook group. Perfect. Follow them on Facebook, the Pensacola Movie Club. Listen to them on Saturdays at four o'clock here on News Radio. Julio, as always, thank you for the time, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, thanks, Andrew. You bet. Transgressors comes up next. Jake has traffic on the fives. All right, a couple things we're watching around town here. I-110, just past Brent Lane, southbound. We're seeing some slowdown from an accident with roadblock there. Uh, again, this morning on Beverly Parkway in front of Frontier Motors, we're showing some slow traffic eastbound. Mobile Highway at West Fairfield Drive, a vehicle crash with roadblock there causing some issues. 
other than that, we're looking good around town. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is looking good. If you're coming out of Milton through Pace this morning, no accidents slowing you down there. This traffic report is brought to you by Knox Pest Control. Knox Pest Control, they're family serving your family since 1929. For information on a free pest or termite quote, visit knoxpest.com. Knox knocks them out. If you see anything slowing you down, let us know. Call or text our traffic tip line 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru. The men and women here at Anderson Subaru are committed to the Subaru Love Promise, a promise between us and our communities, a promise to make the Gulf Coast a better place to live, to work, and to play. And we're proud of what we've accomplished. From our ongoing support of the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association and Ascension Sacred Heart to volunteering with Feeding the Gulf Coast, we've conducted clothing drives for loaves and fishes and charity auctions for Gulf Coast Kids House, and we support Sherwood Elementary School in multiple ways. We're committed to the pets in our communities, too. By supporting dog adoption events with Phoenix Rising Rescue, Barktoberfest with Pensacola Humane Society, and Potty Gras with Wolfgang Park and Bruce. And the love continues. Through donations, volunteering, and monetary support, Anderson Subaru is making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our community. The Subaru Love Promise. That's a promise we intend to keep. At Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola. Online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Hi, this is Earl Ron, president of New South Window. If you need new windows or doors for your home, heads up, this message is for you. New South is having a one-day factory sale this Saturday only in our factory showroom. 40% off high-performance award-winning windows, 40% off energy-efficient windows and patio doors, 40% off our factory direct products installed. Bring in your measurements for on-the-spot pricing or call today. One day only, this Saturday from 9 till 4. Please visit us at NewSouthWindow.com. This Saturday only, save an additional 5% when you arrive before noon. As she stared at me through the window, I realized the time we spent in the backyard on her trailer just wasn't fulfilling. We used to have so much fun on the water, I just couldn't crank her up. But Key Marine did. Fun days on the bay are back. And my Yamaha outboard runs better than ever. Key Marine gets the work done and lets you handle the fun. Key Marine, your Yamaha outboard dealer on Bower Road in Pensacola. Google Key Marine or find them on Facebook. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. The first remembrance this week is for the Hitler Beetle. No, not the Volkswagen we all know, but the sightless amber-colored carabid that lives in a few damp caves in Slovenia. Discovered by Vladimir Kodrik in 1932 and sent to his friend Oskar Scheibel, who promised to name it for Kodrik, Scheibel instead delayed naming it until 1937, at which time he officially registered as Anophthalmus Hitleri, which he said was, quote, given to Reich Chancellor Adolf Hitler as an expression of my admiration. As you obviously understand, it is unconscionable that any modern scientific convention would allow anything to be named for the Fuhrer, especially in a field as esteemed and prestigious as entomology. 
But yet the International Commission on Zoological Nomenclature has said they oppose adopting a new name because they say that changing the name of the species due to shifting cultural fashions would result in massive confusion. Of course, we know that our entire religion is founded on the importance of changing names due to shifting cultural fashion. The commission also notes that the incentive to discover new species might be blunted by the loss of the right to name them forever. But this is nonsense, and the power to name has only led to the most absurd examples. Hibertia scandens, an Australian flower named for George Hibbert, a transatlantic slave trader. Hypopta Mussolini, a Libyan moth named for the fascist Italian dictator. And Neopalpa Donald Trumpi, a micro-moth named after the former president. And in case you think this is just a small or trivial problem, let it be known just how many celebrity-related names for insects there are, all of which could be problematic eventually. There's a Taylor Swift millipede, a Beyonce horsefly, and a James Brown mite. Prince, RuPaul, Roger Federer, Greta Thunberg, and Arnold Schwarzenegger all have namesake flies. Harrison Ford, Barack Obama, and the indie band Radiohead all have ants. Michelle Obama, Bono, Angelina Jolie, David Bowie, Johnny Cash, Hugh Jackman, and appropriately, Tobey Maguire all have spiders named for them. Jackie Chan and Shakira both have wasps, ironically, since neither of them are white or Protestant. Jackie Chan also has a lizard namesake. Celebrity beetle names are so common they almost don't even merit listing, but Stephen Colbert, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jon Stewart, Novak Djokovic, Liv Tyler, and Kate Winslet all have ones. King Charles has a frog, awkwardly named Hyloscardus Prince Charles I, as if the name giver never believed he would actually ascend to the throne. Ozzy Osbourne also has a frog. There's a moth from Mel Gibson, lichens for Dolly Parton and Oprah Winfrey, a crustacean for Bob Marleymont, a shrimp for Pink Floyd, a mite for Jennifer Lopez, and most recently a treehopper for Lady Gaga. And in case you think it's only about historical personages and celebrities, the founder of modern taxonomy himself, Carl Linnaeus, had some kind of fixation since he named a mollusk Penicillus penis and an earwig Labia minor. Surely you can see there are some names we should take a mulligan on. I think it's fair to say the world will continue spinning on its axis if we tidy up some or all of these, perhaps doing as the American Ornithological Society recently decided, renaming all birds away from personal namesakes to functional descriptors instead. Yes, it's high time for the Hitler beetle to go away and instead perhaps take on the name of alternately cited brown Slovenian cave beetle. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Gabriel Attal, the education minister for France, who recently got everything wrong after Muslim students and teachers were upset about a classroom lecture on the famous painting by Giuseppe Cesari depicting Diana and Aceton, a Renaissance work that clearly shows several naked women being approached by a fully clothed man. Instead of siding with the traumatized middle schoolers and the outraged parents, as he should have, Minister Attal instead defended the teacher assuring the faculty that any students who continue to complain against him would themselves be disciplined. Now, of course, we recognize there is some tension here because we ourselves advocate for discarding all the traditional sexual norms, including those ridiculous taboos against nudity and pornography. Precisely because we do not believe that God made people, we do not believe the human body is sacred or special in any particular way. So being as naked as our fellow animals is perfectly natural and normal. But of course, Muslims, they don't see it this way. So to have Muslims complain about something we think is okay does put us in a quandary. However, we resolve this by reference to the first dictum of wokeology. Thou shalt always sideth with whomever is most offended, unless that person be a Christian. So if there are Christians in the room, let it all hang out and chastise them for their primitive values. But if there are Muslims in the room, cover everything up as a way of promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
All hail the holy DEI. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, we celebrate the good work being done by the Wokalites at USA Boxing after their recent announcement that transgender female fighters who were unlucky enough to have been identified male at birth but now identify as women will be allowed to box against cisgender female fighters who have always identified as women. Now, of course, there are several qualifications, such as having received gender reassignment surgery, undergoing regular hormone testing, and showing adequately low testosterone levels for a long time. Even though we think USA Boxing is going in the right direction, we object to these tests because they commit a fundamental error. They clearly imply that there are some transgender female boxers who are more legitimately female than others, as if those women who have not had surgery performed or who do not demonstrate low testosterone are somehow not really women compared to those who can check these boxes. Of course, we know that the only thing that matters in gender identity is the belief of the person. And if a person with male genitalia and male testosterone levels nonetheless says she's a woman, well, she should be able to box as a woman. This two-tier caste system of trans women plus and trans women minus is insulting to all those sincere trans ladies out there still trapped inside their fully male bodies. But aside from this error, we do heartily celebrate this barrier-breaking decision by USA Boxing. Finally, athletes identified male at birth can shatter the amethyst ceiling and box according to their gender. After all, you can't have true gender equality until female boxers have the right to get beaten up in the ring by formerly male boxers. In fact, that's how we know that we've truly arrived at the rainbow gates of our gender eradication utopia, when all of society celebrates the beauty of former men hitting current women for sport. Good for you, USA Boxing. Way to lean into the punch for all of us. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Before you depart today, dear Otherin, please stretch out your hands toward Brother Kevin, who this week inadvertently referred to the Washington Commanders by their former team name in a heated moment of football argumentation with a fellow fan. He feels just awful about it and has already performed the prescribed penance of planting 14 tree saplings in his local park. Say after me, we forgive thee, Kevin. Welcome back into the fold of the self-righteous. May your virtue signal more clearly forevermore. Amen. Refreshments this week are provided by Hemp and Haw, the all-natural, organic, low-THC emporium and comedy club. This week, serving us gluten-free, unbleached, natural wheat flour biscuits smothered in patchouli essential oil gravy and vegan sausage made with conflict-free spices. You can really taste the whole spectrum of flavors. Man. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. A little bit late to traffic on the fives. Jake? Ah, oh, so many buttons back here. <laughs> um, all right, so we're looking good around town. We do have a couple things I need to mention here. I-110 just past Brent Lane southbound. We're seeing some slowdown from an accident with roadblock. Uh, and again, this morning on Beverly Parkway, we're showing some uh, slowdown in front of Frontier Motors going eastbound there, but I'm not seeing an accident. Uh, Mobile Highway at West Fairfield Drive, we've got a vehicle crash with roadblock there. Uh, this traffic report is brought to you by Bobby Likas Auto Service. Bobby Likas Auto Service on Davis Highway. If you see anything out there slowing us down, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. David Wayne's got our headlines in the newsroom. David? I need to get some of those conflict-free spices, man. Uh, it's important to make sure that yes. your spices are morally unobjectionable. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, president Biden is in Allentown, Pennsylvania today to talk about his economic agenda. The president will also be meeting with small business owners while he's there. 2023 tax returns are going to start being accepted by the IRS on January 29th. 
The tax agency expecting over 128 million individual tax returns to be filed ahead of the April 15th deadline. And uh, four new flavors of Peeps candy are going to be hitting shelves soon. The flavors include Rice Krispies treats, Icy Blue Raspberry, Sour Strawberry, and S'mores Graham Cracker. Oh, dipped man. in milk chocolate. You Look, I am not a Peeps fan. We can have this conflict later. But uh, you have hit all four sweet spots for my wife. She loves Peeps, yep. and she will like all four of those flavors. So, man, that's exciting news. That is the, uh, uh, speaking of Peeps, the hard-hitting because <laughs> they get to be that way after a while, right? I love it, David. That's fantastic. All right, the wrap is coming up next. Should be an interesting one. Stick around. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Houthi rebels in Yemen say five of their members are killed in U.S.-led airstrikes. President Biden said the strikes were carried out in direct response to unprecedented Houthi attacks in the Red Sea, adding that those attacks uh, threatened U.S. personnel, civilians, and, of course, trade in the region. Fox's Kevin Cork. Republican presidential candidates have three days left to campaign before the first in the nation Iowa caucuses. While former President Trump was in a New York court, his son Don Jr. spoke out in Iowa. We're not going to stop. Vivek Ramaswamy sounding not too concerned about his low poll numbers. I believe we're going to see a massive surprise. Nikki Haley hoping voters are engaged. Monday matters. While Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says no one knows what the turnout's going to be. Jill Nato, Fox News. President Biden gives a speech about the economy today in Allentown, Pennsylvania. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 831 at News Radio 92-363 degrees right now. Mostly cloudy skies this morning in Pensacola. I'm David Wayne. After some pushback from county residents and a lot of discussion, Santa Rosa County leaders have now moved forward with changes that'll limit the amount of time. Uh, public speakers have to address county issues at their meetings. We changed the public comment from four minutes to three minutes during public forum. We uh, put in that during an agenda item, a member of the public could speak once during each item, and there would be a limit of two minutes. That explanation from County Administrator Devan Cook after spending about an hour talking about the issue at uh, Monday's meeting. The commissioners appeared to have the necessary votes to push it forward. However, with Commissioner Ray Eddington absent on Thursday, uh, it initially failed on a 2-2 to tie vote. Commissioner James Calkins made a, mis- a motion to re-vote. Then at that point, it passed 3-1 to with Calkins, Sam Parker, and Colton Wright all in favor. An effort to attract more doctors to the state of Florida moving forward in Tallahassee. A state Senate committee yesterday passing two bills, SB 7016, would fund medical residency programs meant to entice young doctors to stay in the state. 1718 offers low-interest loans for innovative health efforts. The full Senate could vote on both of those bills here in the next week. Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo says if we don't take steps to grow the health care workforce, all Floridians could continue to face barriers to care. Some new developments in the case of that missing Pensacola woman, 32-year-old Kayla Atwood. According to Channel 3, 34-year-old Mikhail Fountain is now in custody, charged with tampering with evidence. Fountain and Atwood had reportedly been dating but broken up about a week before she went missing. Investigators say Fountain's phone was seized for odd behavior. However, messages between him and Atwood had all been deleted. 
He also asked to see Atwood's neighbor's surveillance camera footage and is accused of deleting some of that as well. According to the arrest report, uh, the particular doorbell camera would have captured any activity outside of Atwood's apartment. As of now, Atwood has still not been located. House Republicans drawing a line in the sand. They say either shut down the border or we'll shut down the government. We have no choice right now. There are no easy choices in front of us, okay? It is just hard choices. And if we do not get this budget under control, if we do not get this border under control, we are not going to have a country to defend. Congressman Matt Gates is among a group of Freedom Caucus members meeting with House Speaker Mike Johnson yesterday. They want him to walk away from the spending deal made with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Funding runs out for about 20% of the government on January 19th. The rest of the government is funded until February 2nd. It's 834 News Radio 923. Uh, let's go ahead and get a look at our traffic on the fives with Jake. I-110 just past Brent Lane southbound. We're seeing some slowdown from an accident with roadblock there. Uh, Also, Mobile Highway at West Fairfield Drive. We have a vehicle crash with roadblock causing some slowdown there. And again, this morning in front of uh, uh, Frontier Motors on Beverly Parkway, we've got some slow traffic headed eastbound there, but I'm not seeing an accident showing on the map. This traffic report is brought to you by Fresh from Florida. Meal planning is work, so let Fresh from Florida help. Learn what's in season and browse hundreds of recipes at freshfromflorida.com. Eat healthier with Fresh from Florida. There's sunshine in every bite, David. Uh, This is uh, Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. If you see anything out there, let us know, 437-1620. We are going to be seeing a chance of showers and thunderstorms as you go through the late morning, early afternoon. A few storms could be strong, high near 72 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping into the 30s, 35 degrees for your low. As you head into the weekend, sunshine does return. 53 degrees for your high on Saturday. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 38. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 63 in Pensacola, 61 in Gulf Breeze, and 60. In Milton. Your money now. The markets today are up a little bit. The Dow is up 76.72 at 37.787.74. SP 500 up 15.49 at 47.95.73. The NASDAQ is up 32.58 at 15.276. Our 10-year bond rate down, though, at 3.94%. Gold prices up 42.90 at 2,062.10. Silver prices uh, up 83 cents as well at 23.53. And Bitcoin is down just over 1,000 today at Uh, President Biden announcing some federal student debt is going to be wiped clean for people who took out small loans, those who got less than $12,000 in loans and have been working on paying them off for at least 10 years now uh, are going to see their remaining debt canceled immediately. That move was uh, announced yesterday and applies to those who are enrolled in the SAVE repayment plan. And eBay paying a $3 million fine to settle criminal charges after some employees reportedly stalked a Boston couple that published material critical of the online retailer. Ina and David Steiner were targeted starting in 2019 by employees for their online criticisms. The employees reportedly mailed the couple items such as uh, live insects, a funeral wreath, a bloody pig mask, and even a fetal pig.
It's 837, our next news at eight at 9, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Ready for intelligent and thought-provoking conversation? Tune in to The Guy Benson Show on News Radio Pensacola. Weekdays from 2 till 4 p.m. on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Guy Benson, the brilliant and charismatic host, brings you a fresh perspective on the biggest stories of the day. Guy keeps you engaged and informed. Don't miss out on the intellectual thrill ride. Tune in to The Guy Benson Show on News Radio Pensacola from 2 till 4 p.m. It's the show that'll challenge your thinking and leave you wanting more on News Radio Pensacola. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big circle. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's right. Time for us to have a couple of friends here in studio. One is an uh, an old friend. Well, we, we we've been <laughs> we've been friends a little while. Yeah. He's not long old. time, not yeah, old. Fair long enough, time, right, fair enough. Uh, John Peacock uh, and a new friend just today, JC. You say it like Lacey with the J. You know, there's yep. so many ways people say it wrong. I'm sure, and I'm probably <laughs> will fall into it. But uh, JC Cosentino, she is the president of Sunday's Child and the executive director of the Mountain Film Festival here in Pensacola, and my uh, new partner. A new partner yeah. at the firm. At the firm. Oh, so a, a, a trifecta. Outstanding. That's right. Uh, well, JC, nice to meet you and welcome to The Wrap. Thank She's you. part of Glad Edward Jones' Peacock Wealth Management team. So. Outstanding. Um, so let's just, let's start with what I think is maybe the obvious thing. Um, Sunday's Child has historically been known as LGBTQ plus activism in the sense of trying to create grants or you know solicit money in order to give grants to organizations that are going to advance those causes. Um, some people who have listened to the show for about five minutes might know that that's not my cause. Uh, I am not. I don't think anybody would describe me as a pro LGBTQ plus. Uh, we can have a long conversation at some point about you know where my views are on that. But your mission is not my mission. But I don't mind having people on who see things differently than me. But I hear the mission is a little bit different these days. Is that right? It is correct. Um, I've been president for the last year and a half. I've been on the board for six years. And over the course of um, not just my tenure there, but the other board members who have been a part of it as well, we're really trying to expand the reach in the community to make sure everybody knows it is fully inclusive. We are not just an LGBTQ plus organization. We are an everybody organization. And I think there was a misconception, I don't want to say misconception, when it originally started, that was the focus, mm -hmm. but it truly has evolved, especially over the last five to six years. Um, and it really is my personal mission while I am president to make sure that everybody in the Pensacola, Santa Rosa and Escambia counties know that we are a fully inclusive organization. Yeah, because the website still kind of looks like the old picture of, you know, seems. but Correct. what you're saying is that even there's even room for somebody like Andrew McKay, who is a, uh, you know, white, straight, male, cis traditional, moral, yes. cons uh, conservative Christian. I, there's still a place for me, too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just great example is yesterday we had our very first grant workshop of the season, and we held it at Brightbridge Ministries. They were one of our grant recipients. Okay. Um, our website is currently under construction. It is being totally redone. Okay. It should be done probably by end of spring. It's a big project. We've got 70 pages on our website. It's a lot. So it is a massive project. It started during the summer. Um, and John is actually one of the newest board members as well. Yeah, no, which also came as a somewhat of a surprise <laughs> to me. But I thought, okay, well, that this ought to be interesting. Yeah, from my perspective, Andrew, you know, especially in a community like ours, there's not enough people that can do good things. 
right? I mean, there's if a group of people, no matter what their persuasions are, their beliefs or whatever, want to do good things in our community, I am all for it. And I want to be a part of that, right? So this organization, they gave away $120,000 last year. So wow. people donated. It's kind of impact esque right? People give $1,000 to be a member. They get together, do grant workshops, all those kind of things, and they vote on the grants, and they give money away to, last year, six different organizations for $20,000. That's I'm great. good with that. Okay. I'm good with that. I don't care what you do, who you do, how you do it, what your beliefs are. If you're in a, looking out for the best interests of Scammy County and God knows we need it, I am 100% supportive of that. Yeah, because I had, I mean, my picture of uh, Sunday's <clears throat> Child had been essentially that in order to apply, you probably needed to be gay or trans no. and you needed to be advancing gay or trans issues primarily in the work you were doing. But yeah. that's not, at no, least no, not not at now, that's not the case. It's certainly so. focus of JC's and certainly one of the reasons I got on board to kind of help that cause. A little bit, so okay, well, good, and um, so let's talk about that's a lot of money to give away. That's great. Yes. The other thing, you are the um, executive director of the Mountain Fest Film Festival. Yes, I'd not heard of this before. What is it? So um, I went to Telluride, Colorado, back in 2018, and there was a film festival going on. It had been around 46 years at that point, and these are films that are put together from all over the world. They're about adventure, snow skiing, surfing, you name it. Um, and I was so impacted by it, I went to the Mountain Film headquarters, and I said I would love to bring at least a snapshot of this to the Pensacola communities. Um, so we're about to have our fifth year, March 2nd. It's oh, at nice. Pensacola Little Theater. Um, we typically sell anywhere from two to 300 tickets. Every dollar of the ticket sales goes to local nonprofits. This year it is Healthy Gulf and the Pensacola and Perdido Bay Estuary Programs. Oh, great, great recipients. So. Yes, yeah, they're really gorgeous films. So I mean, action are... films about like outdoor adventure kind of stuff. I yes. assume people come from all over to come to this festival. All and... over. We've met people who have come from Birmingham, um, you know, Mobile, Fairhope, Perdido, um, Destin, surrounding areas, because a lot cool. of people have heard of Mountain Film Festival. It's been around half a century. Yeah. Um, and these are some of the, you know, most, you know, highly regarded directors and producers that put together short films. I mean, we showed one film year before last that was a minute long, and our matinee is typically about 25 minutes. Okay. All right. Which is, is good for a short attention span, people. And, yeah, uh, ADHD times yeah, three. <laughs> and my, my, uh, my, uh, participation in that culture right now the farthest i go is i ride a bicycle and i paddleboard um <laughs> well we had one on cycling bicycling last year all right there you um, go yes well um you know to get to some of the events of the week and sort of talk about those uh the the one that is the most on my heart right now is this hb1 that they just had the first hearing yesterday in the state house and the bill proposes to ban all social media accounts for anybody under the age of 16. 15 and under, no social media. 16 and 17, social media with like a warning label and a bunch of parameters dealing with the identification of trafficking, pornography, criminal and bullying, all that kind of stuff. And then 18 and up, of course, whatever. The only thing that 18 and ups would have to do is we would have to go through an age verification in order to prove that we're not 14. Um, so if it passes, we're all going to have to go through that process. Um, parents have a cause of action against a, a, a like, for example, if Instagram let a 14-year-old have a social media account, they'd have a cause of action. Um, there's a, The attorney general can get involved at certain points. And I frankly liked the bill when I first saw it. Like the goal, I thought, to take social media out of the hands of children, I thought, that's a pretty big swing. Let's see. I listened to the hearing yesterday, and I'm in love with this bill. Like I, it, It's got all kinds of flaws, but it is so well-intended that, man, let's do something badly instead of doing nothing really well, which is what we're doing right now. What do you think, JC? 
Um, I am all for limiting the access of social media, and I don't mean to be um, uh, gender biased, but especially to young girls. Yes. Um, I have seen it with friends. I have a son. I have a 15-year-old son who has never even expressed remote interest in social media, so I've never had to worry about that with him. I think he's done two Snapchats in his entire life, mm. but I also have friends that have um, girls his age, and I see how it impacts them. I saw it as early as elementary school, fourth, fifth grade girls, middle school. I think it promotes a culture of materialism that you're not ever going to be good enough unless you have what this person has, unless you can travel here, go here. Um, so I don't know about the f completely removing it. I'm not against it, mm -hmm. but I think at least limiting access, whether that's it shuts off after an hour and a half, 90 minutes a day, but the incessant scrolling mm -hmm. that teenagers do, I think is damaging long-term and it prevents them from interacting with one another. Um, I've even seen it with, you know, kids in the back of my car, they're texting each other or looking at social media while they're right next to each other. Right. And it's like, get off your phones and, and talk. <laughs> like that becomes um, the de facto setting for them when they're going to interact with a human being. I'll get your perspective on this in just a second, John. Let's get traffic on the fives from Jake. Well, not looking too bad around town this morning. I-110 just past Brent Lane southbound. We're seeing some slowdown from an accident with roadblock there. And Mobile Highway at West Fairfield Drive, we have a vehicle crash with roadblock in that area. Uh, this traffic report is brought to you by New South Windows Solutions. This Saturday only New South sale event from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Receive 40% off windows and doors. Bring in your measurements before noon for an additional 5% off. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. So, uh, John, HB1, the proposal to ban social media for anybody 15 and under, limit in certain ways for 16s and 17s. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with JC. It's a, the, the maturation level of those kids at that age, and it, it, they're growing up way too quick already, and I think that just uh, contributes to that. I mean, we have grandchildren that have way too much access to that, and I think they're seeing way too much way too early, and I just... There's nothing good that comes out of that. It's all it's what it's what JC said about the materialism, the body image problems, the stupid TikTok dare challenges stuff that get kids to, you know, try to prove that they're cool by doing things that are harmful to them. The disinformation, misinformation, the bullying, the crimes that get facilitated by it's like, and 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 that's all sort of content based. I'm also concerned about the impact on cognitive development, mm -hmm. maybe not as much with the 16-year-old, although the sort of the dopamine stuff and all of that is problematic, but for the 8 and the 10-year-old who are on social media and, you know, they just had this study come out this week that the, um, you know, young kids' screen time is, uh, high, is strongly correlated with um, autism-esque brain features and that if you give them more screens, you get more of these kinds of problems. It's To me, it's the thing itself, you know, I don't care if they're on, you know, Christian Twitter. <laughs> you know, that yes. it's still on a social media platform. It's still built to give you those feedback loops. It's still creating cognitive problems, even if the content were completely G-rated. That's not even the whole issue. So right. for, for me, like, the safe amount of social media for a 14-year-old is zero. And I'm happy tr somebody's trying to solve this problem. Yeah, um, another you know aspect of that is you hear about cancel culture and the bullying that mm -hmm. being on social media can cause children are committing suicide um, because of it. And there are actual you could look at the statistics for that. But um, I think that they they are not mature or not their brains are not developed enough. It's 
it has to be at least limited. I, I love the, uh, the the comparison that was made in the hearing yesterday was, you know, we don't let 15-year-olds drink. We don't let 15-year-olds smoke. We don't let 15-year-olds drive. There are, you don't let 15-year-olds go to the casino. There are all kinds of things that we come in. And look, it is an interference with parental rights. I mean, no doubt about it. This is definitely the state saying, you will not give your kids this thing. But we do that in some cases when the thing is bad enough. And to me, yeah, the can, thing is bad enough. Drive, kids can't drive at 14, right? So we do limit That's access right. to some things. So. Right. Um, and that was the only part of it that gave me pause was, you know, how do I reconcile this with my own strong advocacy for parental rights? And the answer is, well, sometimes the parents need your help in well, saying, if, if get, you really in saying want, no. If, if a parent really wants to show the kid, they can use it on their own device and let the kids sit there. Right. And, you know, so if they really, really feel that strongly about it. But I think in general... The concept of what they're trying to do is a great idea. And, and there are going to be workarounds. There's going to be like the black market for it. Kids are going to find a way. Sure. I mean, they will. But if it if it solves 70%, Absolutely. if it solves 30%, mm-hmm. that's 30% kids who are going to be better off. And I've never met a parent who, is, who has said, I love that my child is on social media all the time. <laughs> I've never met one. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I can't think of a parent unless their child is, you know, pulling in thirty, forty thousand dollars a month because they're an influencer. <laughs> and that came up, yeah. Yes, right. you know, that would be against this in some capacity. It passed with one dissenting vote on the on the committee yesterday. It was like a ten to one vote. And um even one of the most left of the Democrats in the state house, she voted for it. I mean it's you know, I think it's going to go through because everybody recognizes this problem. Law enforcement recognizes it. Um, and I, that, that was particularly interesting. The um, uh, the sponsor of the bill, he said, I went to a coffee shop and I like to pretend to not be who I am and just ask people their opinion about stuff. And he asked the clerk, what do you think about this bill? Have you seen this bill? Have you heard about this? And she doesn't know who he is. And she says, you know, I only wish it would have been done several years ago so I could have jo- enjoyed my childhood. Wow. Yes. Wow. Which is, I, you know, anyway. Great so. Comment. Uh, the other one that caught my attention is another uh, marquee bill for the legislature this year is HB3 that would require uh, age verification for content access on websites that are adult. You know, so you think primarily pornography, but it's going to be other things as well. And the idea is that, you know, if you wanted to go into a shop and buy a magazine, you'd have to show an ID. Theoretically, if you go online, you usually have to click a box. Yes, I am. But of course, that's not verification. Right. This would be like what Alabama is doing, where you have to verify that you're 18, and then they discard that information, and then you have access to that from there on, I guess. Um, I like it. I'm cautiously in favor because here, weirdly, the practical applications seem a little bit more challenging, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you think about this effort? Well, conceptually, I, I, how can you not agree, right? Right, I mean, ag- agreed. But the, as you said, the practical application, how it's going to happen, where the information is going to go, all that kind of stuff. What are they going to require from you? Some it, That's going to have to be worked out, but it's hard to argue with the, with the conceptually what the idea is supposed to, it was trying to accomplish. Right. And if, again, if you, if parents want their kids to have access to right. something, I mean, a parent could always age verify and let the kid if they wanted to. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's a great approach, but you know, it is available. I think if it's something is meant to have an age restriction anyways, sorry, I keep right. getting away from the microphone, um, meant to have an age restriction anyways, I don't, Yes, they should have to prove that that you're supposed to be 18 to view this, participate in this, be a part of this. Then, then yes. Um, again, cautious, right? Like you, I haven't read everything with this. I'm going off mm. just what we've, we're talking about here today. But if the goal is already in place that they should be 18 or up to participate in some form or fashion, then yes. Yeah, it's it's really more of a mechanism to enforce the principle that we already have embodied in other laws, and. Well, why don't we find a way to solve this problem in, in, in this area as well? 
853 here on News Radio 923. It's the wrap. I've got John Peacock and uh, JC Costantino. Uh, the president of Sunday's Child and also the executive director of the Mountain Film Festival and now co-partners, or she is a partner also in Edward Jones. Peacock Wealth Management Team. Thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't have that part written down. Um, you live by OLF8. I do. It's my backyard. And so it's been a fun time for you to drive in the last <laughs> couple of years. I keep hoping that this is going to turn out to be everything that it could be. Knowing that everybody is going to find some stuff that they're not happy about, but hopefully every, everybody finds something that they are happy about. And I was just listening to the county commission meeting the other day, and God bless you. <laughs> well, I am an irrepressible you not hate optimist. To do I that. am. I just am. And I hear Teresa Blackwell, who's very much the sort of the side of the citizens. She's a godsend. She's great. And I hear, you know, Commissioner Bergash, who is more the side of the let's do it for the jobs and the companies yeah. or whatever. I, I, it cracks me up when they say that. Like this raw land is going to create jobs. If that were true, we'd have a boatload of jobs in Iowa, right? There's a whole bunch of raw land out there. Raw land does not create jobs. So I love that argument. Well, Santa Rosa has made it work. Escambia has struggled right. by comparison. Uh, you know, I think location for Santa Rosa has been pristine. Uh, and they're, you know... Uh, well, Santa Rosa uh, also has somebody directly accountable. Shannon Ogletree is fantastic. Right. Where, yep. where we, uh, we outsource that to PEDC or some right. other alphabet soup organization. Florida West, right. sure. Mm-hmm. So, so you, know, you live there, JC. What's yes. your take? I mean, you know, as a as a close by resident and somebody who presumably wants the best for Beulah, what do you think? I've been there 12 years now. Um, Teresa, I absolutely adore her. I love that she's been a voice for all the residents in Beulah. Um, I thought we had had a great compromise and a great plan in place. Um, there still was some pushback with the residents, but we got together. We had meetings. Pretty much everybody agreed this is a great mix. What happened? Right. Where did that go? You know, and then for a minute, Dr. Horton was going to come in and just build <laughs> it out with a whole bunch of houses. I mean, fortunately, Navy Federal purchased por- a portion of it, and now that's a community center. I actually take my Great Dane there on Saturdays and, and walk around. And that facility is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of a glimpse. And if you build something like that, the community will come together. It's hard. It's always packed. There's always people there playing basketball, sitting around on the benches, walking their dogs, socializing. So the mixed-use space would have been absolutely ideal, and it would have made everybody happy. And again, it is actually my backyard. Mm-hmm. I walk out on my porch, and I feed my horses in the morning, and I am looking at OLF8. And it's like, what do I want to see there? Mixed use. Yeah. You know, everybody walk out, everybody's happy. And then it went away. Any and, reasonable and, and, person that's traveled at all realizes that place should be like a town center. It almost should be a northern downtown. Right. right? If that was a downtown-esque kind of place, companies are attracted to that, right? Every... Every book, every study shows companies want a, a place of a sense of place, right? Not raw land. They want a sense of place, right? There are some jobs like in Santa Rosa County, those warehouse kind of jobs. Is that really what we want here in Escambia County? Probably not, right? We want, we're going to have much more uh, a denser population. We want a mixed use place. That should be a downtown-esque kind of place in the north end of the county. And and the commissioners, to their credit, have actually continually said that they want to uh, honor the principles of the master plan, the compromise. Well, I'm not, but I, and well, but they 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 all say they want to honor it. It's a question of how much tweaking, and then what that tweaking winds up being. 
but I'm with you. It sort of feels like, well, that wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to work. They seemed at some points to be eager to grab the money, and then they didn't. And mm-hmm. it didn't. Okay, so good. Now we've got, was it Fred Hammer, I think, is yeah. the one that's got the, the plan that's sort of on the table, but they're not really taking it up yes. again. And so I like Fred a lot. I think his, uh, his intentions are, are great. So I, I'd love to see them pursue that. Yeah, I, I me too. And I, I mean, I hope for a future in which, I mean, I said just open it up for people to play on now because you could fly kites and shoot off rockets and have fun. You know, I don't know why it needs to be barbed wire off you know it's not a navy field anymore they but used to have the model airplane right organization, off of nature trail, and we, right. Would, we would just hop the fence and go over there and participate and all of that it was wonderful i i agree open it up let people enjoy it right now all you know they're mowing it now and again um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean i actually yes. thought at one point hey you know let's put some sheep and horses out there and uh you know i don't know yeah. <laughs> more ever get some tax revenue out there right they're right sitting there doing nothing we need to build it out uh, in a town center and start generating some revenue okay. uh let's get a quick break in here jake's got traffic on the fives i'm not seeing any major accidents or slowdowns to report uh have a great weekend this is uh, jake walker with traffic on the five <laughs> thanks so much jake all right so um last thing for uh jc cosentino and cosentino or cosentino Did I say Cos- it wrong? cosentino I, oh i had it right at the very end okay <laughs> uh and john peacock um the baptist property is suddenly uh-oh <laughs> because Alex Andrade was on the show this morning. He said, we have $8 million, $7 to $8 million we can get for you, but you've got to agree to acquire the property. And D.C. has been reluctant to do that because he's concerned that there's going to be higher costs involved. Alex understands that, but he can't go to the legislature and say, give me $8 million on a maybe. And D.C. is like, well, I don't want to commit to the whatever else without the other funding in place. This worries me that this might not happen now or that it's going to be much less money from the state. Yeah, I certainly understand D.C.'s position. That the, the demolition costs alone are $16 million bucks, right. right? 16 16 and a half, something like that. It's a lot of money. So if we get eights, we still got a bunch to come up with. And, again, this is just another example of where the city and the county should be working together in unison. Agreed. This is an, this is an incredible piece of property you can use for workforce development or education, whatever it needs to be. I mean, we have a boatload of problems in this community, including health care issues, education issues, all those things you greatly bring up every, every yeah. day on, on, <laughs> right. on the radio. So they should be working together to fix this problem for It's sure. almost like, uh, and I had this idea suggested to me, what if the county became the recipient of the property and the city just promised to put in a million or two million? I am sure Lumen would adv- advocate for that, and well, that might be a way to get this done. JC and John, thank you. Thank Outstanding you work. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Free's Milton, Pensacola.